You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Welcome to the Hiring Line, Episode 2. My name is Scott Sharon. I'm very pleased to have my first guest on the show. Chuck Stahl is with us today. He is the CEO of D4M out of Toronto and also the co-founder of Klein, who brings you this very podcast. So Chuck and I have been friends for a long time. Very happy to chat with him and you know give him an opportunity to introduce himself and his company, their mission, kind of what they're up against within the talent landscape today and and see uh, where we go. And hopefully we can find some some decent fits for his roles moving forward. So welcome, Chuck. Hey, Scott. How are you doing? Good to be here. Appreciate being here. I'll tell you a little bit about D4M International. We're primarily an SAP consulting company. Most of our work is in the manufacturing and the automotive space. Uh, We are global in that we do have offices in Toronto, Detroit, Mexico City, and Paris, France. So we have done implementations across North America, South America, and Europe. We are a boutique firm. And really, the challenges that we face are global because Probably 20, 25 years ago, the technology world went global when talent started coming into the country from everywhere. And that then led to delivery of solutions from anywhere on the planet because of the technology infrastructure that now exists. And so the the talent pool is very limited. Just to give you a perspective, I was at a CEO roundtable or summit back in, it might have been 2008. And back then, the CEO of Manpower, or the CIO of Manpower, rather, said that the world will not have enough technology people by the year, I think it was 2010 or 2012, to take care of all the needs just in the U.S. alone. And so that's something that, you know, I think has come true and we've been living day in and day out. So it's a tough world to compete in in a tough market to find good talent and to keep good talent. You know, just recently, I've had probably four or five situations where I've gotten involved to make sure that we kept talent that was being poached by by other competitors. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I often wonder, too, unique to the IT space is, you know, to your point, IT kind of changed the entire landscape from a talent perspective, especially, you know, 20, 30 years ago, maybe a little bit more. But then I've often wondered, you know, how that how that impacted the engineering space altogether, because the people who enter IT prior to IT naturally probably would have entered some other type of engineering field. You're, you're pulling from that that very limited realm of talent that otherwise would have been an electrical engineer or a mechanical engineer and, and ended up somewhere else. And so IT came on and you know it, it didn't necessarily increase the amount of people who are destined to become engineers for whatever reason, access to education and personality and everything else, but it just made it so challenging from a from a, a limited resource pool standpoint, you know, to, to fill all these positions and then also to still fill all the other engineers that still need people to fill those roles too, from you know, from from maintenance and mechanics and electric and everything else. So it's it's gotta yes, be challenging. Yes, and you know the computer hasn't been around all that long, right? The the draw was this new thing called the computer back 60s, 70s, even into the 80s when I started my career. The computer was a nice to have glorified calculator right. where you would 
talk to business people and they'd say, well, I don't know if I need this thing, right? Well, whereas today, it's a must-have. It's a needed tool for your operation. And so it's in the fabric of every company, both in the back office and oftentimes in their you know, products and solutions that they offer. And so you have this new thing that was created called this computer, which generated a lot of interest from people who maybe are technically oriented, that it became very interesting for them. And the market got generated, got created. So you had this new tool that people were like, wow, this is pretty cool. This is different and exciting from what they were traditionally used to. And so that created a large suction of people into that space. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was disruptive. It was as competitive as it is, especially in your specific industry. And not only are you just in IT and that's competitive on its own, but you're in a niche segment of IT, which makes it even more hyper-competitive to find the right skills. So as it is, I mean, what is it that, that you see that separates D4M from the competitors out in the field? Well, you bring up a good point. To take the thinking further that I was referencing earlier is you have the creation of the computer and then then you had created the creation of software and solutions on top of that technology, which has led me into the SAP space. So our primary focus is on, on SAP. And honestly, what makes us unique and different, a big part of it is we're privately held. And we really, really, really try to put people first. And I'm a firm believer that if people are treated right and they are given the ability to grow, both personally and professionally in your company, that they're going to be around for a long time. And you don't always put profits profits over people. And I try to emphasize that in our company continuously. It's like, hey, you know, I've been in business where the market's been really good and our business has been bad and vice versa. Our business has been good. The market's been bad. So there are times when the market is, you know, we're in a situation where we might have a bad quarter and we have to think about, hey, wait, 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 you know, are we going to spend this money or spend that money on people? And I really, really, really push our executive team to say, hey, we have to think long term. We're in a competitive market here. We have to really treat our people right and make sure that we're doing things, even if it's a little painful in the short term, to make sure that we, we retain the talent. And I'm a firm believer, if you have good people and you invest in good people, those people will take care of you tenfold. 100%. So, and I know that, you know, you've been an executive and an owner of, of several other firms, you know, through the course of your career. And you have, you know, fairly recently, you know, found yourself at the, at the head of this firm. So what, what was it that attracted you to this company? What did you see that, that made you believe that, hey, this is the this is the place for me. This is the, the right opportunity to, to grow. Well, initially I was consulting with this firm and I became very fond of the leadership group of the division that I was consulting with. That was number one. I saw a lot of potential there. Number two, I saw some impressive results in a tough competitive industry in the automotive space. And on one hand, I thought, I know this business really well because I've had businesses similar to that, basically SAP consulting. However, I learned over time that it was different. And I thought, wow, I can really learn right from this opportunity. And then you know, really the last thing was, I think this opportunity was placed before me for a reason. We ended up, it was a good deal. <laughs> And, you know, good deal, good people, good opportunity. What's not to like about that, right? No doubt. No doubt. So how do you, how do you feel 
COVID has impacted staffing and hiring for for you specifically? Well, interestingly enough, we've had more conversations about travel or no travel, Mm -hmm. face-to-face or no face-to-face. There still are some people out there who will ask that as their first question when you're Mm -hmm. recruiting them is, well, I have to travel, well, I have to go face-to-face because there's still a lot of fear out there. Right. So that's one thing. But with that said, something else that has affected our industry or, or our particular business is that you know, automotive was on a shutdown for a couple of months, which we were told basically has created a multi-year catch-up period right, for automotive. Right. Yep. And so that just means that automotive is working hard to catch up. And so the business is good. It's strong. And so as a result of that, our business is good and strong, which just, again, makes it more competitive because not only do we have competitors, consulting competitors in our own space, but now we also have our customers who are raising the bar, recruiting people, expanding their staffs right. because of what's going on in their market. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm up against those same challenges myself every day, especially from a travel aspect. There's so many, so many folks are looking remote only. And, you know, I think the world is trying to shift a lot of a lot of factors and forces in the world are trying to shift back to some sort of normalcy, but there's still so much resistance. And it's, well, it's funny. It's I read an article the other day on LinkedIn that was written by a gentleman that I used to work with, and he brought up a really good point. He said, the world cannot be all remote because there's something to be said for personal interaction, reading body language mm-hmm. in an interaction. And he, he talked about it in the context of his management team. You know, you can have a management team meeting remotely. You don't get the advantage of seeing any of the body language in the room. Right. And, you know, he said he realized many times after his executive team had a meeting that something was off and he had he went and approached those people and got things sorted out. And he would have never seen that had it been remote. So, no, I'm I'm a big proponent of face to face interactions. I don't like, you know, I'd rather spend the travel money than I would push people to stay home. Right. Agreed. That's part of how we build relationships, right? It's the, it's even the handshake and the the half hug, you know, and, and having a beer after the, after the meeting or, or whatever. And it's just, at the end of the day, right. At the end of the day, people work with people, people buy from people, exactly. right? people engage with people. It's, it's just human nature. hundred percent. hundred percent. Are there any specific openings or roles today that, that are really a kind of a thorn in your side that you, you wanted to highlight? Honestly, we're always looking for good people. Core SAP modules are high on our list because I'm a firm believer. If you find a good person, obviously, assuming you can afford it, but you you bring them on board because they end up bringing goodness to your company and developing, you know, expanding and helping your company grow and develop. So we're always looking for good people. We usually always have ads out there looking for people. So, I mean, now's a good time for us to expand and to grow. And I'm also a believer you're either growing or you're dying as a company. There's really no in between. I prefer growing over dying. (laughs) Don't we all for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So now with a lot of your roles, are you still, I know, you know, we, we have those preferences to kind of return to normalcy, but for some of your consulting or project management roles, are you still supporting a, a remote type of infrastructure or a hybrid kind of approach? We are, we are because our customers are still supporting that. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So it's really driven by the customer for us. So there, yeah. there still seems to be a an understanding sentiment out there that remote is okay with our customers. Right. Especially, yeah, you know, for, for certain types of deliverables and certain types of roles. But, you know, when you hit, I think, certain areas of projects or certain times, certain things that are that are getting done, I think it's it's critical work that that people will show up on site, you know? Yes. And you also have to understand that in our industry, remote work started coming on the scene in, gosh, the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, of course. When there was offshoring that started occurring. And so our industry over 20, 25 years has been developing the ability to work remotely because of the global need for talent. And so we're actually experiencing a little bit of a balancing and a pendulum swing where, you know, companies are figuring out in delivering their solutions in the SAP space, what is a good mix of onshore and offshore. So we've been working on that for 25 years. Right. Absolutely. So, and being in the consulting space, do you guys generally prefer to to hire folks full-time or do you like to hire them on contract or what's your, what's your preference there? We actually prefer full-time, you know, we set a target of, you know, we try to be in the 10, 15% range of subcontractors. And primarily it's because I want to build a company and, you know, have employees in the company. So, but that balance is always hard. You know, it's always hard to to maintain, especially in a project-based business where, you know, you need a bunch of people then you don't need those people. Then you need a bunch of people and you don't need them. So it's managing the supply and demand can be a challenge at times. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. But in your your type of role in, the, in that type of industry, there's probably not a lot of need to relocate folks or anything, right? I mean, no, no. As long as you're close to an airport. Honestly, we don't even really ask people anymore. It's not that big of a concern where they live. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, so that's perfect. So, you know, hopefully this has been a, a good opportunity to uh, to highlight, you know, the the roles and the company, kind of what it is that you guys are yeah. looking for. And then if and when any specific opportunities come up that you guys are having trouble filling, you're more than welcome back to do what uh, to do another episode and, and talk a little bit further about what it is that you need at that time. And we can highlight those things and, and move forward from there. Sounds great. Thanks, awesome. Scott. As always, always appreciate the conversation. Absolutely. Thanks, Chuck. It was great to talk to you. All right. See ya. All right. Bye-bye. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.